0: read the book of Mark, Mark chapter, verse 13 to 17, the book of Mark chapter 2, verse 13 to 17, then he went out again, this was Jesus, he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them, as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eating with the task collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with task collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Now, if you go to the book of John, chapter 8, from verse 3, it talks about the scribes and the Pharisees, how they call the woman in adultery. I'm not going to read all that. But the title of my message this morning, <clears throat> this morning is Hands of Christ hands of Christ. You see, when Jesus walked the earth, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they had issue with him because of how he behaved, the kind of people he interacted with, the kind of places he went, and they took issue with it. And I thought this morning God wants to remind us what Christ did and how he reached out. Because as we all sat here we are Christians. We have been saved. We have been delivered. We have received that salvation. That opportunity to make heaven when our time is up here. But we need to remind ourselves, how do we reach out to those who are non-Christians? How do we talk to them? How do, we, how do we get their attention? And this is where Jesus Christ was such a wonderful example. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they just couldn't get it. So looking at how Jesus did things, because he said when he came and died and resurrected, he gave us a mission and a commission. He said, go and make disciples. And that hasn't changed. You see, but the world has changed. Things have changed. How do we make disciples? But if we go back and look at how Jesus did it, the way he did it, hasn't changed so reminding of ourselves where i read with interaction with levi the tax collector and also like i said i'm not going to go and read john chapter 8 verse 3 to 1 this is about the woman that was caught in adultery and they wanted to stone her stone her and they asked jesus this woman was caught in adultery she deserves to die what do you say So go home and read that. But it's all on the same line. But one of the things Jesus did while he was with us on earth, before he died, went to the cross and resurrected, he accepted, reconciled, and restored people. He accepted. So that's the first point. He accepted People, he reconciled them to God, and he restored them. You see, the woman that was caught in adultery, Jesus knew her past. Jesus knew that she was wayward. It's interesting how they caught her, and they dragged her. How about the man? You see, they were ready to stone her to death. But where is the man? Anyway, so Jesus knew her past. I suppose even before they finally chased her and brought her to Christ, you can imagine the kind of attitude and the look the woman was getting in the whole society, in the whole town, and the whispering In other words, nobody wants to associate with her. She probably was that kind of woman where everybody wants to, you know, not relate with. If you want to deal with her, you deal with her in darkness. Or you don't want to be caught chatting or discussing with her. So Jesus knew her past. And yet, she committed her sentence. Jesus knew her past. And yet, Jesus looked over that to restore her sense of belonging in the society. In fact, Jesus said to the, those that came to stone her, He said, He who has no sin should cast the first stone. The Bible says that they all walked away, starting from the eldest to the youngest. You know, things turned around quickly. From them trying to condemn her, now they are going home, being convicted and condemned in themselves. Imagine that woman after that incident, how she can now walk around the whole town with her head held high. She was the one, her story is being told today. And so that's what Jesus did. She accepted, Jesus accepted her, reconciled her with God, and restored her place in the society. Also, some other thing that we need to understand, the second thing we need to understand how Jesus reached out, is that Jesus is more interested in our present not our past. I will say that again. Christ is interested in our present, in our now, not our past. You see, the society wants to label people. They want to put everybody in a box. They want to judge you by your history. They want to decide how to relate with you by what they have heard or what have been written about you. I mean, we love to take history. You know, as... I mean, history is important. In the medical profession, uh, you know, as a pharmacist, as a counselor and a therapist, we like to know history. We like to know how, how, how far you've come. We like to know what have you taken in the past. So in some areas, history is important. But in the kingdom of God... Not so much. If you remember the man at the cross, the two robbers at the cross that were crucified with Christ, these were armed robbers. They have been condemned to die. But something happened. One of them said to Jesus, remember me in your paradise. But before that, let's look at what One of those robbers said, if you look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 43 and 44, Matthew chapter 27, verse 43 to 44, he said, this is one of them saying, one of the armed robbers, he said, he trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will have him, for he said, I am a son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with Him reviled Him with the same thing. So that ends towards verse 44. The Bible says, Even the robbers who were crucified with Christ, they reviled Him with the same thing. This was the account of Matthew chapter 27. If you go to Mark chapter 15, verse 31 to 33, the account of Mark, it said, Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking among themselves with the scribes, said, He saved others. Himself He cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we might see and believe. The end of the verse says, Even those who were crucified with Him reviled Him. Matthew gave an account. Mark gave the same account. Let's look at what Luke said. In Luke chapter 23, verse 39 to 43, this is the account of Luke. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards for our deed. But this man, talking of Christ, he has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Christ, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Surely I said to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Let's go back to the point where I said, Christ is more interested in our present than our past. Now Mark, the gospel of Mark and the gospel of Matthew show that those two robbers were mocking him. It was only after the sixth hour that one of them now turned around and said, remember me in paradise. So a few hours ago, both of them were mocking Christ. Just before the sixth hour, the other one saw senses and said to Christ, remember me when you get into your paradise. That was all Jesus needed. Jesus has forgotten that few hours ago, that same arm robber was mocking him. So Christ is more interested in the present than in the past. Even if the past is only an hour ago. But the, 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 the other arm robber, had to he had to bail himself out. He had to ask for it. He has to make that U-turn. He has to admit that, hang on. These things I've been mocking, a few hours ago, he came to his senses. That reminded us of the prodigal son who came to his senses. But it took him only a few hours. To come to his senses. Also Christ is more. Interested in our personal encounter with him. He's interested in when you meet him. As Christ. What do you say? How do we communicate? What do we tell him? He's not interested in what. Somebody else has told him about you. Christ is interested in what he's heard from you, what you have said, what you have done when you encounter him. He is not interested in what somebody else has told you about him. Finally, the fourth point is that Christ always meets us at the point of our need. Christ meets us at the point of our need. You see, the man that was hurt, the arm robber on the cross, he has already been condemned to die. There's nothing Jesus, yes, Jesus Christ can, can actually get him out of that cross. But you know that Christ said, I have come to fulfill the law not to turn it down, not to destroy it. And he wasn't going to release him from the cross. He had the power to do it, but he wasn't going to do it. But the most important thing is the power to restore him with God so that he will make heaven. And that is what the arm robber needed at that point in time. Because the arm robber said to him, please remember me when you get into heaven. And so Jesus met him at the point of his need. The woman that was facing death penalty, that was going to be stoned to death, Christ met, him, met her at the point of our need. What she needed is her life. See, these are two people. One was about to die on earth. The other one was also about to die on earth. The need of the man on the cross is to make heaven. The need of the woman that was caught in adultery is to stay alive. Jesus met both of them at the point of their need. And so this is how Christ operated. This is the kind of thing Jesus did. He meets us at the point of our need. So so today, like I said at the beginning of my, my message, is the hands of Christ. We need to remind ourselves today that we are the hands of Christ. So, Lighthouse is a light in the community. We are members of Lighthouse. We are Christians. We are churchgoers. We are strong believers. We are on fire. Yes. But how do we relate with those who are non-Christians? Bearing in mind that we are hands of Christ. How do we... There was a report, they did a research. Um, I saw it I, it, I caught it on CNN online, and it said that when there was hurricane, I think it was Hurricane Florence. I don't understand why they named people after horrible things Hurricane Florence. I mean, imagine calling somebody Hurricane Florence. Doesn't make sense. Anyway. And they did their research, and they said they got people who were affected by the hurricane. Christians and non-Christians. The Christians are happy to receive prayers. The atheists, the agnostics, and the non-Christians, they don't want, to, they don't want prayers. In fact, the research found out that they are even ready to pay so they, they don't receive prayers. It sounds bewildering, but when you think of it, these are the people who are not Christians, and they don't even believe in God. Now they have faced hurricane. I mean, that will only justify their belief that where is God. Even us as Christians, when we face things that are unimaginable, we ask questions, where is God? So, number one, they they are they have just encountered a horrible environmental or world event, and you're asking them to pray for them. That's number one. Number two, I thought to myself, is that what they need at that point in time? Christ met people at the point of their need. He fed the 5,000. He healed the sick. You see, Christ, if you read the account of Jesus, he prayed... He prayed to the Father. He prayed for his disciples. Prayer with those who, who, who did not believe is not one of the things he did a lot. He touched and healed. I mean, if we, it reminded me of Phil Collins. Another Day in Paradise, you know that song? I'm showing my age now, I know. Some of the words there says, it's cold and I have nowhere to sleep. That's some of the words of Phil Collins' song. He can see she's been crying. She's got blisters on the soles of her feet. She can't walk, but she's trying. Probably been moved on from every place because she didn't fit in there. That sounds like the kind of person Jesus is out for in the world. So the message for us today is this. Christ doesn't really care much about thoughts and prayers. She doesn't care much about where we worship. You see, the, in Mark chapter 2, verse 18, the Pharisees and the scribes came to them and said, why do your, uh, your disciples, they do not fast? And the woman in, in, in John chapter 4, I think it's 19, said to her, we Samaritans worship on the mountains. And you Jews say that we worship in Jerusalem. Christ. Couldn't care less where they worship, how often they fast. He cared more about the salvation of souls. And so as the people of God, as members of Lighthouse, as a body of Christ, Christ is telling us this morning, We are his hands. We are his hands in the community. We need to begin to realize that the the, the community needs us. The community of healing needs us. How do we reach them? How do we become the hands of Christ in the community? We pray for wisdom of how and when and the courage To do it. So, as I call the bands to come up, that's my message for us today. Let us remind ourselves who we are, let us remind ourselves that Christ cares much about the people who are not even here. Let us remind ourselves of how Christ has done it. That he is more interested on what is happening now. He is the one that meets us at the point of our need. And he is the one that is interested in the present and not the past. He is the one that has reconciled us to God. And so, Father, this morning we thank you for your word we thank you that you've reminded us that we are your hands on this earth. We thank you also for for giving us the opportunity to reach out to the world. We praise you for the salvation of our soul. Father, we pray for that wisdom, for that knowledge and understanding to know when and how to reach out and be the hands of Christ. We also pray this morning for the courage to reach out and do that Christ is calling us to do. Because even as we are members of Lighthouse, as we are members of the Church of God on Earth, we are also the hands of Christ. Thank you, Father, for... For that opportunity, may we continue to utilize it. May we continue to reconcile men unto Christ by meeting their needs. We pray in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen.